0: Hi there, I'm Tony Reese, and welcome to another episode of Humanized Profit. And today I have a very special guest with me, Rich McCadden. Rich is the director of room sales for the DoubleTree by Hilton Reading. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here and to finally be participating in these.
0: I know. I'm so excited to have you here. Gosh, we've been back and forth and back and forth, but we finally made the time, and here you are. So, Rich, you have quite the story to tell as far as your professional journey uh, to the Doubletree. Can you share a bit of that journey with us?
1: My whole career in hospitality actually started in Reading. In 1986, I started working at what is now the Sheridan, or what is now the Radisson, at the time it was the Sheridan Berkshire Hotel. And the reason how I, how I got into that was a friend of mine in college was a waitress and she would come back. She worked at Woolworths at the Berkshire Mall at the Harvest House restaurant. And she would always come back to school with a lot of money in her pocket. So I was like, wow, that's a great way to earn some money. So I figured I'm going to give it a shot. So um, a, a very good friend of mine worked at the Sheridan and she was able to get me a job as a waiter. And from my first day, I loved working in the environment of a hotel. It was awesome. So I did that for two years. And when I graduated college, they had asked me to be promoted into a restaurant manager, but it really didn't pay very well. So the unit writing was then looking for an assistant banquet manager. So I accepted that position. And I, back then you worked six days a week, you worked 16 hours a day, but it was awesome because the hotel was incredibly busy. So at that hotel, um, I was there for about four years and then, um, Ended up moving to New Jersey and working for DoubleTree before it was DoubleTree before it was part of Hilton. It was um, just DoubleTree itself, and that was a great experience. I was doing convention services and working my way into sales, and eventually worked my way into catering sales at that hotel, and then moved next door to a Marriott where I was director of catering, all the way through you know doing different things on the catering side of the business. So in 2001, I was approached to from an old boss to work for a company called Dolce Hotels and Resorts and in doing room sales for a conference center. And I had no idea what conference centers were, but it sounded interesting. It was something different and it was strictly Monday through Friday, which really appealed to me after working for so many years in catering and banquets. So, um, I did, I worked for Dolce for 15 years until, um, throughout, I worked through several different properties back and forth between Philadelphia and New York. And eventually, um, In New York we had sold the property so I was approached by Kalahari to come and work for them remotely in 2016 so I did that for four years until the pandemic hit and that's when my I was furloughed eventually my position was eliminated for Northeast sales so um, literally within just a few days I changed LinkedIn and Kathy Hills who I worked with at the inn at Reading reached out to me and said would you be interested in coming talking to us about a position here at the hotel coming back to Reading so
0: of course I said yes I would and um, and here I am And it's been a little over a year now. So Kathy Hills is our Director of Sales and Marketing. Correct. And you literally were hired by the Doubletree during the pandemic. That's correct. Yes. so that must have been a little bit daunting.
1: It was exciting because I was coming back to writing where I was coming full circle in my career. It was exciting because the city had changed in all these years that I was anxious to see what was happening in the area. But it also made you feel a little guilty because a lot of people in my industry weren't finding jobs and they were still being... Let go and furloughed and laid off and positions eliminated, but yet here I am securing a position in the industry that I love, doing what I love to do. It there's a little guilt with that, but it was still exciting. So it was sort of a double-edged sword.
0: Sales is all about relationship building, and yes. here you were, in the middle of a pandemic, you started a new job, you've got a new team, uh, new contacts, or you probably some of your old contacts. Mm-hmm. But it's all about relationship building. So how did you deal? With that part of sales during
1: COVID, a lot of customers or clients weren't buying, they weren't booking, they weren't. They were a lot of them were furloughed, and some still are. But it's about not so much getting the sale, but maintaining those relationships and reaching out and not saying what business do you have coming up? Is how are you doing? And really showing care. And I brought a few clients that I used to work with up here just to have breakfast, just to see how they were doing and to see what was going on in their life and. That's actually what I believe really strengthens strengthens a relationship, especially during tough times like these.
0: So it was really just kind of, you know, taking the approach of, "Boy, we're all in this together. How are you?" Exactly. Mm-hmm. Were there any major lessons for you, life lessons or inspiration that you experienced during that time? Why I ask the question is that when you when you were ta- you and I were talking, you said it really resonated with you that we are all in this together, whether it was trying to make a sale or trying to make a contact, right?
1: We were all in this together. There's there's a Facebook page called Hospitality Family that as soon as the pandemic hit, everybody joined it. And you would see stories upon stories about people losing their jobs. And there was nothing encouraging about it, but it was just, it was there for support and that's actually an initially through the pandemic gets you through because you know you're not the only one. I guess that's one of, the big, one of the lessons that I've learned was that no matter if you're a competitor or not, you're all, we're all the same family. And mm-hmm. whether you're competing for the same piece of business or you're a client-supplier relationship, you, we are still all in this together. And it, it, I believe for me, it's changed the dynamics of how I approach relationships with colleagues and clients.
0: Did it spill over into personal as well?
1: Yes, I <laughs> I become more outgoing myself. I've noticed that in myself. Um it's it's again that double edged sword, it's a little bit of a blessing because it's changed me as a person, changed me as a salesperson, but it's also it's not the not the best
0: time in my career to be trying to sell when you're going through a pandemic. So well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you really had to bounce back totally. So I recently came across a study that stated fifty five percent of females and forty three percent of male workers had a decrease in motivation during COVID. Do you find those numbers surprising?
1: Not at all. Again, you you look at and you talk to people in the industry and, you know, the first year was Zoom calls and there was no live Mm -hmm. interaction with people. But as we're now starting to hopefully come out of it, um, I have been to a few live events and it's people are just very anxious to get out in front and be and have that face-to-face interaction with people versus Zoom meetings and and that sort of thing.
0: Actually, if you think about it, that probably is such a a motivator for people. I know for me just, and I'm not in sales, but to get out from behind a computer screen where I was seeing people to actually be face to face with people, you forget the joy in that. You forget the connection of that. So I'm wondering, did you, do you remember the first time you went and you were around a whole bunch of people that you could sell to or talk to?
1: I do. It was uh, last November. It was, it was the first face to face event I'd been to. And Everybody was a little cautious, but you know, after a short while, people got very comfortable with each other, and there was that trust factor. And so, it it, the events were outside, it was nice, and it just it was nice to get back to normal, a little bit of normal, what we could get back to normal. It was last November, but they've been few and far between. But Mm -hmm. the most recent one um, I've been to was actually last night in Philadelphia, and it was a great event. It was great to see some faces that I've worked with in the past. But what was interesting is that a lot of people still aren't back in the office. They're not, they're working from home. They're they're just, they were so anxious to get out and to be around people that it was just such exuberance. So it was really nice to see that.
0: With those percentages of male and female people that, you know, the, the population of people in sales that just they really did have a decrease in motivation. Your motivation, I mean, you started a new job and everything that you've talked about so far, your moti- motivation sounds like it almost increased.
1: That's that's a great comment because it actually did work. You know, being part of the team here has been such a unique and incredible experience. And I, this is some of the things that I tell people who are asking, what, what are you doing now? Where, you, where have you been for the past year and a half? And I talk about this hotel, and I talk about the culture, and I talk about humanizing profit. And they're so incredibly interested in what I have to say and what I have to tell them about what we do here as a team. Um, one of the biggest questions that comes up—it came up with a client the other day—was how do you how do you how do you explain that you're number one? What brings you to being the number one DoubleTree? And it's our leadership, and it's the idea of servant leadership that they're just they're so impressed by what they see and what they hear. From what we do, for the you know the culture that we have here, it's mm-hmm. just so different from anywhere I've ever been before.
0: How cool is that? That that uh, you still experienced and can speak of that culture even when the hotel was practically empty. The
1: guests may not be there, but the culture is still there, That's and, right. and the people that were here are the ones that embraced the culture and kept it going. Mm-hmm. So now it's our job to rebuild that again. And it's that's one of the exciting things. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to be here because I get to be part of that now.
0: And that is the way we humanize profit, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, that is so cool. This is something that I personally found I was curious about. Is there a difference between the relationship of sales and rejection during COVID than the relationship under normal circumstances? Because with sales you do ultimately at times do have some forms of rejection. So did you find dealing with rejection different during COVID after COVID?
1: I do, did and still do. You know, prior to COVID when everybody's busy in their lives, clients are busy taking RFPs, they're busy trying to figure out what they're going to do. They're they're just very busy. So when you when you call them or you're saying, "Hey, you know what? Can we work on something together?" or you see them at an event, they're busy and it's just a very quick call, you know, no, or mm-hmm. I, I just don't have time right now. But now during the pandemic where there's less for them to do, they're a little bit more settled in what they're doing. They tend to be a little bit more soft with what their response is and how they're communicating with you. And it it just, again, it, it goes back to relationship building and you're, you're asking them not only, you know, you're not asking them for the business. You're asking them to maintain the relationship and just to see how they're doing and checking. And so it's, it's a much different vibe, I'll say.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you know, humanized profit, one piece of uh, profit as a strategy is resilience. And if ever there was an industry or a profession that had to learn how to bounce back and had to understand professionally where your resiliency was right. Some people did not bounce back as quickly. And I think here, you're a great mentor to those as far as you lost a job, it went away, you gained a job, you bounced back into the profession, you had to then, you know, and it's in the middle of COVID and sales, not sales, yeses, nos, the bouncing back must Mm -hmm. have just been constant. So how did you, how'd you come back Time after time after time.
1: My, my room sales career started in 2001, about April of 2001, which is a few months prior to 9-11, and we all know what happened on 9-11, and our industry suffered about, quite a bit uh, with travel being banned, and I worked just outside of New York City, so it was even a little bit more intense as far as how business levels were. And then you move forward to, and we got through that, I was able to pivot and figure out what kind of business is going to be driving business and not flying business, people weren't flying at the time. So you you go ahead a few years later to the recession, and I was working for the same company in a different hotel that was under construction, and then the recession hits, and nobody's spending any money, and so you have to figure out what kind of business can you do that will ultimately keep the hotel afloat, and being that we were under construction, it was a little bit of a savior because we knew that we weren't going to be getting a lot of business in at that time, so it was a joy to go out and spread Spread the word of Dolce Hotels and Resorts because we were new in the Valley Forge area and nobody knew what we were. So it was more about telling who you are and telling a story. Then the third time was again the pandemic. So each one of those experiences was very different. But I believe the going through 9/11 and how the industry bounced back after that, and then you go through the recession and we bounce back after that. We will bounce back after this, and I believe that those experiences gave me the enrichment to, to continue on and get through this.
0: Professionally telling the story of the places that you were at and how they were doing is one thing. But what I'm also hearing is that your own personal resilience and telling the story and keeping people, other people afloat and saying, hey, you know, we're, this is this is where we are now. This is maybe where we were then. And it's not ideal what's happening now, but this is where we're going to go. It almost sounds like uh an amazing sense of optimism.
1: Oh, I'm very optimistic about about this. I, I was optimistic even when I was when, when I was out of a job last year. I, it's this is going to bounce back. We're, we're going to get there. It just may be a little bit more time than I choose for it to be, but it it's and it's not under my control. So I can't I can't since I can't control it. I'm just going to go with it and and do what's best for me.
0: What was, or a couple if you have them. What were the big life lessons that you've learned during going through COVID? Be patient. Because
1: mm-hmm. I, I tend to sometimes, I'm very critical of myself and I'm very, and you, we, met, we talked about this the other day about checking emails on weekends. I still do that and I need to step back from that and to be a little bit more patient and to not be so fast in the things that I do. Mm-hmm. So, because it was, it sort of has, has pulled me back a little bit to, to be a little bit more conscious of that.
0: And to be in the moment. Correct. More in the and moment. to be
1: in my moment and not someone else's moment.
0: Oh my gosh, what a life lesson that mm-hmm. is! I cannot thank you enough, Rich, for taking. I know you're so busy and there's so much going on in the hotel, but listening to your story and your your optimistic view of the world and the world events that you've been through to tie that to work and how others can think about things and the way that they work what a great gift that you've given us during this episode and I cannot thank you enough for being part of humanized profit
1: Uh, thank you the one one piece of advice I might I I tell my colleagues in the industry is always stay in touch with each other because support for each other whether you're employed or not employed is has so much value to it and it really lifts you up, even though you maybe, you know, it. you may not think it does, but it, it will lift you up having those conversations with people in the industry. It just, it helps ha- having that support with each other. And I believe we are a very supportive industry of each other, especially now versus
0: pre-COVID times. I think you've just given a ton of people a ton of support in this episode. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Rich. Until next time, I'm Tony Reese. See you later.